0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Hooligan Report. I'm your host as always, SM, and with me today I have Cookson.
1: Evening all.
0: And joining us for the first time we have NUFC Tiger. G'day guys. Uh, on our 10th episode, uh, time certainly flies, uh, so it's good to rack up that milestone. Um, boys, we might jump into the next round of teams. This week we're previewing sides that are... Involved in Europe in some capacity, either directly in the Europa League or potentially challenging for a European spot this season. Uh, And we might get underway talking about Everton. Um, So I'll grab you guys' thoughts first, and then we'll uh, get some thoughts from an Everton supporter who got back to me uh, earlier today with some thoughts. But firstly, you guys, what do you reckon about Everton this season? Well, they've
1: made that probably one key signing that they really needed to get Lukaku in. Yeah, they're probably hoping to build on how they finished last year under Martinez, try and push for a top-four spot that consolidate in the probably top seven, you'd say.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's almost like you've got three or four teams battling for the title, and then you've got that next group of sides, and you've got Spurs, Everton, and maybe Newcastle as well, who are all sort of pushing for maybe that fourth spot, but really looking more towards that European spot. Um, NUFC, what do you reckon? Yeah, uh,
2: I really like Everton. Um I think in Martinez, they've got a, you know, a great manager and their squads are quite well balanced, just having a quick look over it, um, obviously Lukaku's the big signing there, uh, I saw a bit of footage from that, uh, Muhammad Besic.
0: I was about to say, because, um, Ozzy mentioned him, he he looked like he has a decent touch on him.
2: Yeah, there was a bit of footage that someone posted, um, a couple days ago where he dribbled around three or four, uh, plays in a friendly, so, uh. He certainly looks like he's got the technical ability and um be interested to see how he goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, Aussie, Aussie's touched obviously on um, Lukaku's signing and Besic is the other one where he just thinks that at 21 and he's capable of playing at centre-back as well as defensive mid, um, he's really got a presence that could work quite well against, uh, alongside McCarthy. And obviously they've also signed um, Gareth Barry on, on a permanent deal, I think was pretty oh, early yeah. in the window. Um, yeah,
2: I think I've seen that. Um,
0: so I think, I think they've done some good business in terms of, you know, shoring up some of their loans from last year into permanent signings. Um who do you guys reckon is probably someone that they'd need to go out and target to, uh, fill out their squad, I suppose?
1: Probably, well, they probably might need another striker for death, maybe some, another midfielder, and perhaps, I'm thinking maybe another fullback, just because Baines looked out of touch.
0: He didn't look too good at the World Cup, did he?
1: Yeah. And maybe, and that form continues, it could be bad news for Everton.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, how do we how do we see their chances of making the top four? To be honest, I mean, we just sort of touched on it before, but are they much of a chance, or or not really? Um,
2: I wouldn't say they're a good chance to be a top four side. Uh, I think potentially they're quite settled. So, um, a lot of the you know the big boys that have got more resources have brought in quite a few. Uh, you know, new-owned players that, and they're going to have new managers or uh, they're going to be changing things around early on in the season. So I think Everton have got the potential to sort of hit the ground running if they um, can really capitalise on that. They might be up for a good season. I mean, they're always, you know, up there. It's just a matter of the sum of their parts can sort of uh punch above their weight, I guess.
0: Do we see them having much chance of succeeding in Europa?
1: Ooh, if they get a decent group...
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you just never know if you Europa League, but English sides do tend to fall out of it because yeah. they really don't care about it, let's be honest.
0: I think the interesting thing with Europa this season is obviously that there's the um, carrot being dangled of the Champions League spot. So it'll certainly be an interesting one to see which sides take it a bit more seriously. Um, the way that Aussies said it, he thinks... The the style of play on the Mardines has them pretty well equipped to take on sides from other countries, which I I have to agree with. But an interesting point that I hadn't realised was apparently their last European adventure, they went out on penalties against Fiorentina um, and also getting smashed by a side from Romania or being torn apart from a young Angel Di Maria the last few times they've been in Europe. So it sounds like they've had a few interesting adventures uh, in Europe. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the last times they were in Europe, Tim Cahill might have been a pretty prominent figure at uh, at the side, might have been one of his first seasons at the club. When they got top four, I think. Yeah, I think it was Champions his, League.
2: this first season, they finished fourth, I think. They just picked Liverpool, but um, I think Liverpool ended up winning the Champions League that year as well. So,
0: <laughs> well, I was going to ask the, the last question I'm going to ask about evidence to you guys was: Do you reckon they have any chance of finishing above Liverpool? A bit of a <laughs> <gousy> stout. No,
1: um, <laughs> you never really know. I mean, it's yeah, you just feel that Liverpool. I uh, don't know. One way to find out is they're both decent sides, but, again, it's probably a test of death on both sides to see who will finish above the other.
0: Because, I mean, Liverpool aren't certainties for top four, and, I mean, you almost wonder whether, even if they don't make top four, Everton would consider it a success if they finish above Liverpool.
2: Yeah, definitely right. Um, I think Liverpool surprised everyone, really, last season. Um, But, you know, losing such an influential player such as Suarez and uh, now having the Champions League uh, on their plate it's going to... Certainly be a nice big challenge for them to see how they can, uh, hopefully try and cement their spot in the top four from a Liverpool perspective, but um if you are in the Everton camp, you'd think that, you know, maybe there's a, a chance that you can, uh, sort of get the march and maybe pip them to, well, at least finishing above them, but maybe sneaking into fourth if you're, if you're lucky.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool go because dealing with Suarez leaving is very similar to how Spurs had to deal with Bale leaving last season. And I think we'll move on to Spurs now with that beautiful segue that I've slipped in there. Um, We'll chat about about Tottenham and their chances this season because I think um, with those signings that they brought in after Bale was sold, it's taken them a little while to gel. But do we see them sort of... Uh, as a bit more of a cohesive side this season, a bit more chance to ruffle a few feathers?
1: Ooh, probably, well, Tottenham always seem to do well against the top four sides, but then they, they usually find some way to blow it.
0: They, they seem, and, and it always um, revolves around sacking a manager or, or something happening with Daniel Levi, not, not getting on with the manager and, and that sort of thing. Um, so it'll be quite interesting to see how Pochettino goes, to be honest.
1: You probably need to well I mean Sigurdsson, I mean uh, was a uh, Ericsson will probably be their best player yeah oh, lamella's,
0: I lamella's the other one that'll be interesting, I think um shows some fight who gave gave me some thoughts on Spurs was saying lamella being over his injuries will be quite quite an interesting one um because apparently he's had quite a decent preseason,
1: yeah, and he was regarded as very talented player, <clears throat> the next messy and all that stuff uh, but, yeah, it's probably interesting to see how he goes.
0: What do we reckon of their signings so far? They've all been defenders. Uh, obviously, they copped a few beltings last season, especially at the hands of Liverpool. Um, do we see Michel Vorm as a decent backup keeper is, is quite solid. And what about Eric Dyer and... uh who is the other one? Uh, ben Davies from uh, Swansea as well.
1: Well, I think probably... Vorm's um, probably in just to, again, back up Loris or in case Loris leaves to PSG. Well,
0: which... Loris, is, Loris is just signed hmm. a new five-year deal, I think, so...
1: Yeah, the contracts aren't really worth crap. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: It's he's probably bought in as insurance for a what if, but yeah, it's good keeper, done the job before.
0: Be interesting. I think yeah, but um shows some fights really looking forward to seeing how Ben Davies goes because uh, I think he's not too keen on Danny Rose keeping his spot on the side. Um despite him doing so well for your favourite side, Sunderland, NUFC. Had a good person uh, uh, online there. Uh, what's your thoughts um, on Danny Rose? On oh, who, sorry? Danny Rose. Danny Rose. Uh
2: well uh I'm trying to <laughs>
0: trying to think of a I'm, way to say it nicely. <laughs> uh
2: I'm trying not to let my bias into uh <laughs> my, <laughs> Um I think he's a solid, you know, young English player. Um I did see him a few times uh turn out for the scum last season. <laughs> um and I guess it's sort of hard to say because I thought Sunderland's uh, back four, and um, as most people would realise, their team really struggled uh, for most of last season. Um, just you know, changing managers, and they were pretty much in the relegation spots up until the last few weeks. Um, so, I think Rose in a better team potentially, and better players around him might be able to perform better. But um, I think Ben Davies is a pretty an yeah. interesting. It will be good competition for
0: that spot. Well, I have to admit, I didn't see a lot of Ben Davies last season, so I don't actually know what all the fuss is about. But obviously, he's pretty highly rated by by a lot of people. Um, so that will be that will be an interesting one, and obviously, he shows some fights pretty keen for it. Um, do we see them having much of a chance of top four?
1: Probably not, as Tottenham always seem to manage to avoid the top four.
0: Avoid it like a plague, really, don't they?
1: Yes. Yeah, apart from when they had Gareth Bale.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they they made it top four one season, didn't they?
1: Yeah, then, years ago? yeah, it's yeah. when Bale made his name and tore Mike on a new Arsenal. Yeah,
0: that's right. Got the hat-trick at the San Siro or something, didn't
1: he? Yeah, but apart from that, it's just... Tottenham are probably just cursed to always seemingly avoid top four.
0: And and avoid finishing above Arsenal, because do we see them much of a chance of finishing above Arsenal? I'll put it like this. Are there, is there more chance of them finishing above Arsenal or West Ham doing the double over Spurs? I'd
2: probably be inclined to say West Ham doing the
0: double. <laughs> <laughs> Two seasons in a row. Would be, wouldn't be too
2: bad to see. Yeah, well, my best mate's actually a West Ham supporter and, um for whatever reason, West Ham seem to see the Spurs game as their, uh, you know, their big game of the season and the last, uh, couple of meetings they've really gotten up, so, um, I think with Spurs, uh, I'd sort of put them on the same level as maybe Everton, but yep. they sort of seem to lack that, um big game uh, killer instinct where they can win those, you know, the, against Arsenal, for example, they usually come out second best. So um, if they can rectify that, um, you know, they might be able to push for top four.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think Showson fight sums it up pretty well. He says he's pretty enthusiastic for the season ahead because he feels he can enjoy the football week to week rather than focusing on making the Champions League, which is interesting because I would have thought Spurs supporters might be gunning for the Champions League but he's, he's just looking to see a stable outfit throughout, solid at the back with some pace up front and at the side, having a share of homegrown talent and he says sometimes one game plans are better for success than five year projects which I think is fair enough. I think sometimes you can look at the big picture too much and take away the enjoyment from you know just watching your team run out week by week. So I think if they can shore up their defence a little bit and get rid of those thrashings that they suffered uh, they might be a bit more might be a bit more enjoyable for a Spurs fan.
2: Spurs made a lot of signings last season, didn't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. After the um, after the bail sale.
2: Uh, yeah, so I guess I think this year they've only made this window. They've only made the handful of signings. So maybe it's a more uh, subtlety, it- and They're not going to have to gel as much.
0: It's interesting because obviously they brought in what they brought in Soldado. They brought in a couple of mids uh, last season, but I don't know if they really brought in any. Oh, they bring in um, Shirashez uh, last season as well, but. Bringing in mainly defenders this season is quite interesting, because obviously that's what they've highlighted as their main weakness, but I would have thought they'd have brought in another striker, given given Soldado's film last season.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they've been linked to anyone, or maybe they're banking on Soldado. Um, Adebayor, I suppose. I
0: guess. Adebayor, and I suppose Adabaior is looking alright as well. Oh, yeah,
2: that's true. Uh,
0: oh, actually, well, they've, they've been linked with Jay Rodriguez, just thinking about it.
2: Oh, they have? Okay.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we're about to go on to Southampton, but um, I don't know if Southampton really have that many players to spare if they're going to sell. Because I think with Schneiderlin and, and uh, Rodriguez have been linked to Southampton, uh, to Southampton, to Tottenham. Um, oh, like- so it'd be very interesting to see if that happens. So actually, we might go on to Southampton now because I don't think it's going to take too long to talk about them. Um, how do you how do you see their summer having gone? I mean, it's been a bit of a chaotic summer for Southampton supporters with their manager leaving right at the start and getting their best players plundered by Liverpool amongst others. Um, what do you reckon are their chances of even finishing top 10?
2: Yeah, I'm, I sort of really do feel uh, for the Southampton supporters because um, I suppose as a neutral watching them week in, week out, they had a very um, strong team unity that they seemed to play with and I think the bulk of their team had been through two promotions together uh, from the League One. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this window of seeing the best players um, poached and yeah, losing a talented manager. and uh,
0: It really I mean, makes you feel, as a supporter of, a, of another club, which isn't you know one of the big big spenders, you really have to feel for a club that sort of, they poke their head out over the wall, they start to do pretty well, and they just get completely flattened again with all their players getting taken out of them. It sort of makes you think, well... If that's just going to happen, if you have any sort of success as a smaller club, then what's really the point?
2: Yeah, exactly right. Um, I think at times they showed that they were, you know, capable of uh, perhaps even breaking into that sort of top six, top seven group. But um, after losing so many players, it's hard to see them, at least this season coming up, um, pushing uh, on from lo- what they achieved last season. Um, Thank I mean, you- as you
0: say I mean Lalana Lalana was with them for two promotion seasons and I'm sure there are a couple of others as well and and he's gone to Liverpool which I was a little surprised about because um, you hear things in the press that he was quite happy to stay but then you hear other things that he was quite keen to go so um, as you say I mean the worrying thing is I haven't seen them linked to that many players
2: yeah I had a look at their transfers this afternoon and I think they've only brought in about four players and I think they've probably lost eight oh, so so yeah. probably got a bit of shopping to do still. Um, but even the players that they brought in, it doesn't look like they've really splashed that much cash, um, you know, that's been generated from their player sales, so I don't know if it's a case of the owners wanting to, you know, pocket the money or
0: Well that's uh, a, yeah, that's that's what you have to wonder because um, wasn't there some issue with their owners uh in the middle of last season where where one of them passed away or something and so the daughter took over and the daughter isn't actually that big a football fan? Uh, I think they were they were going to sell the club at one point, but um, not too sure. And and so you have to you do have to wonder whether they've just tried to pocket the cash or or what's going on. Because like you say, it doesn't the signings don't look too inspiring, especially when you've got Bertrand coming in on loan from Chelsea. Mm.
2: You yeah, well, I don't know what um uh, Ron Coleman's going to be doing with training and you know trying to get his team ready for, for the opening games, which I think are only two weeks away. So.
0: Well, it was a, there was a joke on Twitter that they could organise a five-a-side friendly with Blackpool, then he could get the <laughs> training done. <laughs> it's could like just about field a five-a-side side against Blackpool, I reckon. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts, Cookson, now that you've rejoined us, or, or not? <laughs> just silence. He's got nothing to say for Southampton. He's, technical, you know, te- technical difficulties. Um, uh, any oh What was the other thing I was going to say? So we talked about chance top ten. Um, do we see them having any chance of sacking the manager, or do you reckon that um, they'll kinda of give him the given the season because they've had so much upheaval um over the summer that they've kind of they'll give him the full season to sort of get his mark on the side? Yeah,
2: um it's I guess it's hard to sort of comment without really knowing the situation with the owners, but you know, surely the owners realising that, you know, selling so many first team players, um it basically means you have to rebuild, you know, a team, which isn't a, something you can do overnight, really. Um, so even if they do struggle with um, trying to and come up with a new uh, style of play and gelling new players and building all that chemistry, um, you'd think or at least hope that they're giving the managers some patience and time and as well as the resources actually just to reinvest it back into the team and um, give their fans something to get excited about.
0: Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, yeah, Cookson, what are
1: your thoughts on Southampton that we've got you? Well, oh, they're probably in a bit of a pickle, really. I mean, they have sold a lot of quality players. I mean, they still have some good players left, such as Wanyama, Ward-Prowse. depends on if Schneiderlin leaves and Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, Kerman will be given a full season. I mean, he's probably... Well, I mean, I can't really see him getting sacked, judging by all the upheaval and changes that are happening... Um, But probably if you're a Southampton fan, you really hope that the academy, their academy can bring in some good players, and you might also hope that Celtic get knocked out of the Champions League so you can get Fraser Forster.
2: Former Toon boy?
0: (laughs) Yep. But do you guys honestly, I, I look at their squad and I look at what's happened to them and remember the fact that they only just stayed up in their first season with a lot of trouble. Do you, like if they were in a relegation battle or even looking pretty likely to go down, that they'd stick by the manager or do you reckon that they would sort of pull the trigger?
2: He's kind of a pretty experienced manager I, I believe so assuming he doesn't have any falling outs with the owners or the people in charge of the club you'd be hoping that they'd stick by him
0: but... Um... but do we, like, so do we see them potentially being in a relegation fight or do you guys still think that they're a decent chance at top 10?
1: i will probably... I don't see them being in a relegation fight, but I don't see them being top ten. I mean, they'll probably be—they'll probably finish around 12th and just be pretty much the definition of mid-table.
0: So, sort of a similar season to what West Ham had last season, I suppose. Yeah. Never really that much. I mean, they were for a little bit, but yeah, it's sort of like that, just around 12th, 13th. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might move on to the to the meat of the podcast now that we've got we've got Nufc along. So we'll talk about Newcastle now. Um, how do you see the season shaping up for you guys? You've made some tremendous signings so far, I've got to say.
2: Yeah, well, it's... Um, I really don't know how we're going to go, really. We've got... I think we've got up to nine signings at the moment, which um, is yeah, yeah, quite a lot. P- 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 you got
0: the same what? bug as um, Arsene Wenger.
2: Yeah! <laughs> well, <laughs> I think someone's stolen uh, Mike Ashley's checkbook and is um, <laughs> doing a bit of uh, football manager style uh wheeling and dealing, but... Um, yeah, we've certainly been very active, um, we've definitely addressed one of the big issues we had from last season where we really lacked uh, creativity and um, sort of, I guess, attacking um, threat, after, especially after we sold Kabaye um,
0: in the second half. I that. still don't that, that seems such a strange sale to me. To, you sold him in January and he didn't do that much for PSG because what, they got knocked out of the Champions League pretty soon after he went there. Yeah. Um, Must have killed you guys.
2: Oh, it definitely took the momentum out of our season. Um, he was sort of like the figurehead of the, the French legion we've got at the club. Um, and I think losing him and not even replacing him, um, I think we were about sixth uh, yeah. on Boxing Day. And then after that, we only won about six games in our last 22 and lost seven of our last eight. <laughs> um, like that,
1: yeah.
2: It just... The whole season really fell apart. Um, so much discontentment with the fan base. Uh, the players just didn't look interested. Um, so the big signing for us really, Cabela. Um, he's, yeah, he's the one that's great. Yeah, he, the highlights and his um, performances so far in pre-season. He's only played I think three friendlies, but uh, he's already scored two goals, which is pretty exciting for us. Um, so if he can hopefully take that form into the season proper. Um, he might be the the guy that can finally fill Kabaye's boots in our creativity department. Uh we've also got uh CM Diong from uh Ajax. Um, I think he's he scored twice against Man City, I think in the Champions League last year. Um I
0: I heard a joke that, uh, Joe Kinnear got sacked because apparently in January you signed the wrong De Jong. You meant to sign this guy and you signed Luke De Jong. Is that, that I, I saw that and I thought it's, it should be a joke but it's just, it's just, um, strange enough that it could be true. Is there any truth to that? Well... Because you did, you did famously inquire about a player at Birmingham who was already on your books.
2: Yep, he did. Um, and... Just a, one among many uh humour facts of his uh tenure at the club. Um I think most people might recall the mispronouncing of certain players' names such as <laughs> Johan Kebab and <laughs> uh Sisi, who's uh, yeah. uh yes, Sissi, but <laughs> um I think yeah he's obviously gone and the guy they've got in charge, uh Lee Chanley, I believe his name is, um he doesn't talk to the press or do much heart. media work, but yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> keeping his mouth shut, which is a <laughs> nice change at once, um, but yeah, he seems to be doing a good job at least of uh, getting some deals over the line.
1: Yep, I mean, probably, I mean, you've got a good sign, I mean, Jong's been good for Ajax, Ajax, Cabela, got more Frenchmen. <laughs>
0: Starting to get a good blend of, um, Dutch and French in now. Yeah, we're
2: sort of building up those, uh, continental flavours at the moment. Um, although we did get, uh, callback from the, uh, trash down the, the down the road. But, you see, you've uh, seen the light. Yeah, well, he's traded in those disgusting red and white stripes for the, uh, infinitely better black and white, which is, um, very encouraging.
1: Debatable um, if you're calling, if you're a Carlton <laughs> <laughs> <rich or> mad, Or <laughs> Richmond
2: well, I yeah, actually do sometimes feel a bit conflicted saying those uh, black and white stripes, but as long as they're not in Australia, it's uh,
1: good points.
0: <laughs> <like> <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of Sunderland, um, would you rather, this is a nice hypothetical for you, but would you rather do the double over Sunderland or them do the double over you, but you make the top four?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I did see that question. Um,
2: and I did um, debate that in my mind for quite a while. <laughs> Um,
0: it really comes just down how, to Just I, how deep Does the hatred run Oh
2: uh, I don't even know If I could call it hatred It's something <laughs> just, just seeing anything uh, From Scumberland Just makes me so angry <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's Scumberland it's, it's, it's not like they're Liverpool uh, <laughs> it,
2: The two cities Have had this massive rivalry Over the years um, I guess it sort of Transcends football It's just
1: Whose accent know, is sillier <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. When I stayed in, I, when I was the last game I went to when I was in England, I stayed in Newcastle and went to the game against Sunderland. Leaving the hotel on the, for the day of the game, I was treated like royalty because I was wearing my whole City kit. And coming back, oh, the looks on people's faces as I strolled down the street with my City shirt on, just because we just, just knocked them off two 0 Everyone loved <laughs> it. They absolutely loved it. So yeah, I can I can attest that the the hatred for Sunderland, the rivalry, is ridiculous up there. Yeah, so they like, yeah, right. like
1: oh. are they what they like on their Geordie accents oh there, you're good there like
0: i i swear i swear I went into a petrol station or something to buy like a drink or something, and I swear they're speaking a different language. I can't understand them it's just it's so <laughs> thick up there <laughs> that's uh, England that's ridiculous <laughs> um now obviously last season um i bl- I do recall you making a few comments uh, about uh not pushing for a cup run, do you See that changing at all this season? I mean, I, I asked it in the first EPL preview podcast, but do you see Hull making the final as inspiring a club like yours to maybe put a bit more emphasis on it to realise that these clubs can actually make it to the final?
2: Um, well, personally speaking, uh, any I guess any fan in the for any club, you know, winning a piece of silverware is, would be an amazing achievement. Um, I suppose particularly maybe if you're not one of those big Bigger clubs that's used to winning something, you know, nearly every season. Um, unfortunately for the Toon Army, uh, the club doesn't rate uh, the cups as a the priority. Uh, they would much rather purely focus um, the players and the team to ensuring a strong league performance.
0: So, how do you explain the drop off in the second half of the season last year?
2: Um, well, that's a good question for. Hard you to answer <laughs> <laughs> um, that. Was
0: it really the? Was it mainly the Cabaye sale? Do you reckon?
2: I think that was a big part of it. Um, he was, I suppose, the the leader of the, a lot of the players. Like he wasn't the captain, but he was easily our best player. And a lot of the results that we scored, like our a win at Old Trafford, uh, courtesy of Kibai, um And not replacing him, we just we both lacked. Creativity, and I think the players sort of lacked uh, interest. I suppose the minimum requirement was really to just finish top ten. Um, and by Christmas, we'd pretty much cemented our spot in that top ten. So,
0: I just uh, yeah, when when you've cemented that spot, I just don't. It was same with South, Southampton. I don't understand why you guys didn't go on a cup run. When you're sitting there going, look, we've got our spot in the top ten. We could almost play a second string in the Premier League, and actually just completely focus on the cup, and it won't damage our Finishing position that March. And you get you know, you get a bit of prize money, you get a bit of, you know, success for the fans to enjoy, and I don't know, it just seems no good to me.
2: That's what a lot of, um Newcastle supporters were sort of sat, uh, suggesting that, you know, our season as, um our form in the league was dropping away, we should have had a decent crack at the cup competitions, but...
0: Because remember, remember you lost to Cardiff, didn't you?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, we did. Uh, um, <laughs> the, the, um,
0: <laughs> first win in charge for oligon and it's probably one of the only ones.
2: Yeah, that's right. So, um, that was not exactly one of the best days <laughs> last He's season.
1: OGS um, always breaks Geordie hearts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, the club seemed very intent on getting that TV money. Um, and just. It's sort of—I guess—it's sort of hard to say if it's really changed. But in the previous seasons, our focus has been really just securing top ten, getting the prize money that comes with you know being a Premier League team. And um, Mike Ashley hasn't exactly ploughed that money back into the club. But this window, I don't know if <laughs> he's realised the fans that are starting to be, become disillusioned. Um,
1: you don't want to be table mediocrity anymore. Yeah, excitement. You've got to
2: get something to get the fans excited. Um it's a I think our season tickets were um down on previous seasons and traditionally we've always had a great following. Um I think I'm not sure if you guys might remember but in our last game there was a like a mini protest where the player or oh, a lot of the fans walked out. Yeah. Um uh, yep. yeah. During the game um to try and get a point to Mike Ashley and uh, his directors that you know they're loyal but they're not going to support a club that isn't going to give them any enjoyment or you know that's giving them any sign that there's going to be some progress made uh, so I think our signings have at least excited a lot of the Toon fans um, whether or not they're going to help propel us up the table uh, we'll have to wait and see
0: No uh, any final thoughts Cookson? Or any final questions I should say?
1: Hmm well, but we're not really. I mean, will will Tim Krul start trolling people like what he did for the Netherlands? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, well he, can we can we expect some better penalty saves from Tim Krul now that he's got some practice in?
1: <laughs> uh, he doesn't have Louis Van Halder, and he was the main <laughs> and the quality <laughs> coach. Actually,
0: that would be interesting when Newcastle play United. Um, see how if oh, if Tim Krul saves a penalty against United, that would be pretty enjoyable. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it's kinda of relevant when you're five 0 up already.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alright, uh we might we might move on from there then and talk about the final side uh for tonight, which is my own side, Hull City. Uh so boys, if you want to fire away with some questions for me, I'll be happy to answer them.
1: What accent do they have in Hull?
0: Oh, don't ask me. To. I'm terrible with accents. They've got a great accent though. I love it up there. It's the uh the old Yorkshire accent. I can't I can't do accents, save my life. <laughs> No, don't
1: don't tell me to try. Sir, what that's a rugby scene, that's a wrong bloody thing. That's what I want. All
0: right, now, hey, hey, hey.
1: Sir, what have you heard about the signing so far?
0: Um I've actually been really Really happy with them. I think we've got our business out of the way early because obviously we've got our Europa games. So I think I was really impressed that we got Ince. I think Ince was the main one for me. That he's not the sort of player that would normally come to a club like Hull. Um, even though he was on loan at Crystal Palace last season, it was sort of I don't know. I just I've never seen Hull as a club that that sort of young flashy prospect would come to. And hearing him in interviews, it's been quite interesting hearing, hearing him say he could have got more money at Milan. Um, or sorry, at, at yeah at AC Milan. Um but he turned it down because he thought that his development would be better in the Premier League rather than sitting on the bench. So he seems like he's got his head screwed on, even though his dad seems to make it into a bit of a freak show. But um, no, I was really, really happy with Ince. Um The other one, obviously, getting Livermore on a permanent was really good. I think he was a bit expensive, but we're seeing with Sunderland as well going after Barini that when the player plays well for you on loan, it's sort of... Pushes you to maybe go that extra 5 million or whatever, 2 or 3 million, because you know what you're going to get from them. You know that they're already settled into the side. So, no, I think he'll be a good partner for um, Tom Huddleston in the centre of midfield.
2: What do you uh, think of uh, the Snodgrass um, transfer? I,
0: uh, it's it's a very difficult one because I've had to change my stripes very quickly because when I was at the game against Norwich, when I was over in England, he actually turned to the, the Hull supporters late in the game and Wound us up a little bit because obviously he used to play for Leeds and he was getting right into us after they went up one nil and we were getting absolutely filthy with him. Uh, so when I saw us link to him, I was sort of thinking oh, I really don't like this guy. But now that he's signed, he's got the amber, he's got the black and amber on, and and he's come out and he said he loves the atmosphere at the KC and he always enjoyed playing there as a Leeds player. So look, I'm hoping he'll score a few free kicks early in the season and, and get us all on side. I reckon. Yeah, I'm sure
2: uh if he can put a few in the net, um, you know, then you I think feeling of hostility will be soon forgotten, so...
0: I think it's the same at any club, really. I think if a new signing gets a few in the net early on, no one really cares where they used to play.
2: Yeah, I think we've got the same... Um,
0: With Colbeck, yeah. Back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
2: hopefully uh, Colback will did, be... Did Colback
0: end up... Because he scored a few in the derbies, didn't he, from memory? Yeah, he
2: actually did score last season. Yeah, uh, and yeah that's right, last season, yeah. He back when he was celebrating it. <laughs> Um. Although he has, since signing for us, he's uh, said that he was happy to join a team that looks like they were going places, so that was a nice uh, bit of PR to at least take the first step in um winning over the Army. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Snodgrass was sort of the same in saying that he loves playing at the KC all the time and he, he's really happy to be there now as a, a home player, so I think yeah, it's the same sort of getting the supporters on side, I suppose.
1: Yep. Would you consider Jalovic to be the most important player?
0: Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, it's interesting because I was more keen on him when we signed him in Long. Um, I was more excited about getting him because obviously he started off his career at Everton so well. But um, look, he's going to score goals for us. He's already shown he can do that. But I think if we're looking at strikers, I almost think that Long's a better player than him. He's a bit more of a complete player. Uh, with his pace and his skill, he can you know, set up the goals as well as score them, whereas Jelovic at times got very lucky with the goals he scored. Um, so, I don't know, I, I think he'll be... We, we're not looking at signing another striker, which I thought was interesting because Aluko's always injured, and Sabo hasn't really banged them in, and they're, they, they're the only depth that we have. So, I think we're really looking to rely on Jelovic and Long to, I don't know, I guess get about 10 goals each. So, it'll be interesting to see how he goes, for sure.
1: see. let What about Steve Bruce? Have you enjoyed... What do you think about his management A
0: 100 games in in charge against um, uh, AS Trenchen last Thursday, so it's a nice round number to to reflect on. I think I've always been a massive Steve Bruce fan, and I'm going to have to apologise to NFC here and say that I did actually used to have a bit of a soft spot for Sunderland. I've since seen the light, but... I did quite like Sunderland when we were in the, um, the doldrums of the championship and I quite liked watching Steve Bruce with players like Sessegnon and El Mohammedy and so on playing for him. So when we were linked to him, I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't think we'd get a manager of that calibre. Um... To drop down to our division first of all, and, and to come to a club like Hull, who haven't really had that many spectacular managers over the years, and you know we went up first time of asking, highest ever placement in the Championship uh, with second place, automatic promotion. You got players like El Mahammedi and Myla from Sunderland, who have really flourished at Hull. Um, he's been really innovative, which I think was a criticism of his when he was at Sunderland, was he was sort of seen as a dinosaur, but he came in and he said that the system that we were using wasn't going to work for his game style or the players weren't going to work for his game style, so he changed his game style and went with a 3-5-2, which a lot of other clubs are starting to use as well. Like, I think Man City and clubs like that are starting to look at using that the three at the back. Um, I think even United are starting to look at that, if, if I'm not mistaken, Cookson. Yeah, um.
1: We're doing it because we have no centre-backs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, look, I, I think he's done a brilliant job. Uh, obviously, highest placement in the Premier League as well. I think there aren't many City supporters that wouldn't say that he's our best ever manager. So, um, I'll probably back off back off a little bit from my comments from last season that he could, you know, go off and manage United one day. But I still wouldn't be surprised if he has another few seasons getting us towards mid-table in the Premier League. I wouldn't be surprised to see him linked with a... I don't know, dare I say it, a Newcastle or a, or a Southampton or someone like that, or a mid-table club like that, um, who are a bit bit more, um bit, bit bigger resources, I suppose, than Hull.
1: Yep, see what Fergie does, he produces good managers.
0: He does, he does, I can't deny that. Um, and I think the other thing about Bruce is the amount of players that we've signed who have signed because of Steve Bruce, Ince, Maguire elmo myler they've all come out and said that the main thing that made them sign was steve bruce as a person and as a manager so i think having someone like that in the dressing room who can really you know bring bring these players in um and he brings the best out of the centre-backs especially obviously being a former centre-back himself um so no it's it's been good to have him
1: wait there's a player called elmo when did you sign a red muppet
0: (laughs) 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 elmo hammity i met (laughs) elmo hammity um Actually, interestingly enough, played. He was the only player to play every single game for us last season. And the first thing we do in summer is we sign two right mids. So I don't know if that's Bruce's way of saying that Elmo's on the way out or, or what's going on, but it was, I thought that was quite interesting. Wants to play at
1: right back or maybe left back. Well,
0: I hope not. He was he was pretty pretty average at right back. I mean, he can play right wing back. I wouldn't mind him there, but. Rosinia and, um, Roberts. actually, Robinson's the other one. The young left-back from Scotland who we've signed looks really exciting, so I think keep an eye out on him. I think without going too overboard, um, he does remind me of a very, very young, very raw Gareth Bale um, at left-back, left-mid sort of position with the speed and the pace, and he's got a cracking shot on him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes this season. Just with
1: 200% less ear. <laughs> <laughs> Then again no one really has more larger ears than Gareth Bale now, don't we?
0: <laughs> got a nice bit of uh air drag on him. To slow <laughs> him down after his runs. Pin him down. Um well the last the last thing I guess I'll say is we've got our um Europa League second league Friday morning. Uh it's poised at nil nil, but the second game's at the K C. It's been a sell out. Uh so hopefully that will get us over the line. Uh and we'll if we get into the playoffs it'll be interesting because, like we were saying earlier, Celtic could be in the playoffs because they'll lose their Champions League um, game. There's a few other sides, like Grasshoppers in um, Switzerland, who'll be in the, in the playoff round. So uh, there's no guarantee that we'll actually get into the group, so it'll be quite interesting. But if we can get a tie against one of those bigger clubs, I think that's what Europe's all about. So it'll be exciting times uh, for City fans. Um, but before we sign off, boys, do we want to quickly round up transfer news?
1: Yep. Have there been any?
0: Well, the one I wanted to touch on especially was the news in the last day or so with... Um, Newcastle signing the Forest pair, and what your thoughts are on that in uh, UFC?
2: Yeah, well, I don't think the clubs officially confirmed it, but it seems like the media and a lot of sources are saying it's a done deal. Um, To be honest, it caught me off guard because we hadn't been linked to either of um, the two lads um, at all, really, until it sort of that story broke. So I don't know if it was a case of the club really keeping the cards close to their chest, or, um, it was just, you know, a quick, uh, decision that they decided to push through, but, um, I don't know a great deal about either of them, but, um, I do like the idea of, um, lending them back to Forest um, and letting them continue their development under Piers. Uh, from what I gather, they're both pretty promising young, uh, English talents, so, um, maybe in the next season or two um, they'll sort of push their way and um, maybe help distance ourselves from the uh, French and Dutch tags that we're starting to get these days. Um, So I'll I'll definitely be keeping my eye on how they progress um, in the championship this coming season. Um, It sounds like they both had quite good seasons last year, so hopefully they can take that um, and build on it and... um, maybe come back next pre-season and, you know, push for a spot now, starting 11 or at least the first-team squad.
0: Uh, The other one I wanted to touch on in terms of promising young English players is the news, I think it was this morning, that Jack Rodwell signs for Sunderland for about $10 (laughs) What do we make of this one? He's played about 10 games of football in the last three years or something, hasn't
1: he? Yep. Him going to City was just one of those stupid moves that made literally no sense. I mean... Let's was, be honest.
0: He was so promising at Everton. I just, yeah. Hell, oh, he was.
1: He should have been a centre back at Everton and then gone on from there, but he probably went for a couple of reasons. To be homegrown talent for Manchester City and to sit on his ass and earn 80 grand a week.
0: And it doesn't help when he's had his injury troubles as well. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a fun question I had. was: do, do either of you know, was he injured at all last season or was it really just not getting into the first team? I don't know. Didn't really because, hear much about him. We, yeah, because I was wondering, because it just seems it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to fork out 10 million for a guy that doesn't seem to have that great a track record with injuries.
1: I mean, he played, what, 10, yeah, yeah, 10 games last year and, uh, doesn't appear to be any injuries. It just, he just made a, just should never have went to City. I mean, some players just go, they go too early to certain clubs. I mean, you just need to sometimes play build up games. Then go. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: mean, if you're 19 years old and you're at left-back at Southampton, you've got to consider that you've got the big money move to United, but you might want to stay at Southampton and develop your game a bit longer, wouldn't you say?
1: Well, not when, <laughs> not when United sell their first choice left-back to get you in.
0: Uh, okay, yeah, well, that's fair enough. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Starting the games. Uh The other, the other interesting transfer was Pepe Reina to Bayern Munich. The other inexplicable one. Um, yeah. Obviously, you'd, you'd have to say he's there to pick up one uh, pay packet. Really, he's not going to play too much. It's, yeah, so, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, Gerard Guardiola probably wants him because he could have good distribution. But realistically, they'll be saying the Liverpool I'd you four cup half his wage. Yeah. And
0: in yeah. other news, money wouldn't he?
1: Yeah. It's really just the money. It's got to be the money. Yeah. In other news, International <laughs> Champions Cup preseason, Tyler Blackett, young United defender, very good. And Brenton Rogers, I'm well aware he's called Brendan, but I'm going to call him Brenton, <laughs> has decided to say that Louis van Gaal is a bit sus on his management. I mean, I mean as we all know what the honours lists are, I'll just allow you to guess which man is which. One of them has a playoff place for a season in his honors and a runners-up.
0: Yep, that's Van Hal, isn't it? No, that's Rodgers. (laughs) Shockingly,
1: (laughs) I mean, he used to be a bit. Even the mind games are starting early. Or that's the worst attempt for a sledge I've ever heard in my life.
0: Well, because yeah, wasn't there the whole talk that uh, Van Hal was going to be brought in as the technical director or the managing director at um, Liverpool, and then Rodgers said, no, 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 I want to do it all myself. Don't want him. Uh, And now he's off at United.
1: He was a touch manager there when that happens. So, I was, Oh, some people are just crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're ramblers.
0: Uh, actually, the one other transfer I wanted to touch on before we sign off is uh, young James Davidson, I believe, um, signing for West Brom, which is always oh. promising for an Australian. Yeah, yeah a- Davidson? Dave, was it Davidson's? Yeah, Jason oh yeah Jason, yeah, Jason Davidson. Jason Davidson? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's he said the one. Jason yeah. Jones. Sorry, yeah, Jason. Which is, I think, a good move for him because I think West is the sort of club where he will he'll probably see quite a bit of game time. Um, you'd hope. Um, and they're not the sort of side that are too high up in the Premier League that they can't afford to. You know, they might if they start struggling at some point during the season they'll play around with the side. So I think there's a very very strong chance that if he can you know play his cards right he could find himself. In the starting, you know, starting 11 or best 11 of the Premier League side. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, we hope yeah. so. I mean, build up. It's good for Australian football. It's good for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any final thoughts, boys, before we sign off?
1: Oh, uh, just Robbie Cruz is back in training.
0: Always good to hear. Yeah, I, I heard that. I think it was this week his return, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, that's vitally important for our Asian Cup chances.
0: Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on, boys, and, and having a chat about the sides.
2: You know, thanks for having me at him, and uh, great to be part of it. <laughs> no
1: worries. next time.
0: No worries, and thanks to everyone for listening, uh, and we'll see you on the boards.